0: i <laughs> struck every 57's when it struck me that I just not so jumped on my scooter, home to my computer Where that damn work firewall couldn't get in the way the up the course of the day And day would probably break down <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, good morning, everybody! Welcome to the Co Internet Radio Network's Nooner Podcast. How do, do you
2: look? Insecure? I can't Super hear myself. Profesh. You can't hear? Should yourself? I put my headphones?
1: on? You should put your headphones on. I
2: can't. It's gonna flatten my hair out.
1: Oh my god. Oh, god! Check. That's yes, so I can hear
2: myself.
1: <laughs> Gotta turn up the dial. You, you up. had twenty minutes to to adjust your headphones.
2: I was just watching you, and I thought that this would work immediately.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's we're back to normal, everybody. <laughs> welcome, welcome uh, back. I'm a host. Nooner. My name yeah. is Marty. I'm here with Cassandra.
2: Hi. I'm and no
1: longer a host. I'm a guest. Y- you're a smurf. I've been demoted. You're a merp. No, you're a merp. You're once a merp, always a merp. What's a smurf? A uh, s- what, I, I don't know. I a super
3: shitty a super morning, minor, shitty, yeah. shitty super minor internet, internet person. radio person.
1: It's Bill Watterson returning morning from the podcast grave. No. Uh, how have you been, William? I've been all right. We saw each other last weekend, not this past weekend, the weekend before. Yeah. At the, uh, the beers were party. consumed. Beers, yes, and wine and music. Rock and roll was Rock and roll. Yes, you you killed it. Uh, we I had a, some fun. We had a fun time. Even though I didn't like the songs. Yeah, uh, we, well. Anyhow, <laughs> we were supposed to be joined by Vivian today, but she decided that um, a pillow was more better company than us. Um,
2: <laughs> it's not, not
1: true. That
3: could be our new uh, hashtag: better company than your pillow, or, lo- or you not. Know,
2: yeah, yeah. In
1: Vivian's case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we uh,
2: like a body piddle. puddle puddle. Oh
1: fuck! Jesus Christ! Okay, we're starting over again. Okay, <laughs> three, two, <laughs> no. no! Let's just segue right into the boring news part. All right. Well, there is so much going on in the news.
2: <laughs> is there? I can't watch. Oh
1: my God! Yeah. Like Trump.
2: Did you hear about what happened at Trader Joe's?
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, but then there scary. was also the, you know the, the thing in in Finland and uh, Trump. I don't know the Finland. Thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh well, he was, when Trump went met with Putin. Oh Helsinki. And, yes, and we talked about that Got last it. week. But there was a lot of um, uh, you know backlash after that, and he was he. Uh, Trump went back on his word, or not whatever he rec- recanted what he said. What? He said like, "Oh yeah, that we are." A, the, it was the FBI who, or it was the Russians who hacked in our elections, and then he said, "But it could have been other people." Um, there's just
3: the disappointing thing is that there's n- one of two things. There's either no line he'll he'll cross that mm-hmm. will motivate anybody to get rid of him, or or stop supporting him. Or the only line that's going to be crossed is something stupid and puritanical right. like, "Well, oh, he cheated on his wife." Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah, and so yesterday, and he th- so are all of the Democrats on their wives, and so are all. It's just like that's that. Why is that important?
1: Yesterday, he threatened Iran and said that uh, you know that he would unleash a fury the likes of which have never been seen before whatever it was and just oh, right. in all caps and just like very fiery rhetoric and then there were these multiple tapes that were reported to be, that have been turned over from Michael Cohen to the prosecutor's right. office that could implicate um, he needs a war Trump Staff. in to, about paying hush money and it's all very provocative and salacious but let's yeah and, and now he's talking about starting a war that he thought that Obama would do he said okay well, Obama is really you know He needs to start a war with Iran or watch him He's going to start a war with Iran to Cover up for all the other things that are Going wrong with his presidency which right. is Exactly what he's doing right now Yeah and but for some reason We he's still president and we Can't forget that no there's a rid of bunch Of other shit that that Trump has Saddled us with we can't lose The focus on that over 5,000 Like or immigrant children Were detained at the Mexican border separated from their families and there's still thousands thousands of them have are in detention centers separated from their families supposed to be end on thursday but there's they don't have any records to they've already deported almost 500 uh adults Mm. back over the border who who are separated from their kids it's a disaster
3: i mean no way to do it why anybody isn't just saying well that is exactly how you breed the next
1: generation of terrorists i don't but, but also, how, we, how much more obvious could it be? We have, to, we can't forget yeah. it. We have to remind ourselves that this is happening every day until it stops. You know, and right. this is a, a problem that he started, that no other president had this I- issue before, mm-hmm. and he started it, and now he's trying to cover it up with fake wars with Iran or whatever, which c- could have real repercussions. And then you know, I just hope everybody. No, I was about to say the meanest thing ever. Oh. Okay, don't don't save it for later.
3: It's so it's so mean spirited. It's not what I actually think or believe. Um, but of course, you can take it out of context and and put it on online, and we'll, we'll lose, get to lose my career. But um,
2: don't say it. <laughs> I, yeah,
3: I can't even say it with a preamble that it's not even what I actually think. So
2: he was fuck gonna, all of you, he's and going to have- talk about diarrhea. Yeah. And how Trump gets they, it all the ex, time. Ex, the I'm saying it, not him. All right. Trump can well, say Just saying,
3: Everybody who's got his back should go fight that war and
1: get killed in Iran and then see how much see how happy they are with Trump. Yeah, I don't think people understand that Iran is a huge country. Like, it's with, you know, I've I, I, I got to look up the population. is four or five times the size of Iraq? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have a lot of money. It's 80 million people. And that is a substantial war to engage in and we would it would be endless you know and we a lot of people will, will die on both sides yeah. and
3: are the are, are the people who continue to support this man willing to die for his right. and for what he stands for
1: yes and then but We're willing we
2: can't to die to make also, america great again we can't are forget they? that we are have, they
3: like once they're once it's actually on the line well, yeah. is that when they're going to reexamine and be like,
1: "Oh, you know what? Actually, no. I, I, t- I think in his mind, it's just they're just pawns on a chessboard, and he's he's being really. Right, but sure. Donald
2: wonder- Trump I'm doesn't wondering- know how to play
1: chess. Well, okay, check checkers. <laughs> they're checkers but on the then Okay, board. then there's Brett Kavanaugh, who's I'm just, just wondering Supreme if the Court. what the pawns okay. think, not what Trump thinks. Well, I'm actually but, thinking about oh, the pawns the, in this case. I think we're very distanced. Like we don't even think about except the actual people who fight it. Which is what two million people fought in the in the Iraq war that's a very small percentage of the of the population right it, it's and,
3: the, the ability you know obviously it's an old bet. old phrase but the the ability republicans' ability to get people particularly poor, poor or white people to vote against their economic um, interests in the name of you know beating anyone who's not white. <laughs> At, the, at some race that apparently we're all around.
2: And traditional values.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm just wondering, you know, I, I, if women. you could actually convince them how how it's impacting them you, economically. You, you can't. You can't. But there can you convince people... them it's impacting them in terms of all of their, their children are dying because they're being sent for some stupid war? No, because as
1: long as- No, because war, women, gonna, women be kill children all the time. Yeah, as they long as be... he's, he's fighting to, <laughs> Zing. to destroy abortion and to, to outlaw abortion yeah. and to protect the sanctity of white people, a lot of people. That's all people care about. A certain.
2: Uh, I'll give seventy five percent of my income taxes if it means that there's not going to be any minorities. Yeah. Women don't have any control.
1: Um, yeah, which is which is Handmaid's what we have to tail. be worried about because Brett <laughs> Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court pick, is the guy who thought that President Nixon got a bum deal when he had to turn over the secret recordings that led to his resignation. I mean, he's on record saying that. Mm-hmm. And he's pro-business, he's anti-environment, pro-life, well, most likely pro-life. So we can't forget that that's happening in the world. And that's going to be, like, yes, it's shitty that Trump made a mean tweet and paid off his mistresses, but those things will be forgotten tomorrow and his actual legacy will be putting two huge conservatives on the Supreme Court Um, and the tax policies Uh, and the deregulation. (laughs) Yeah, so we we can't forget about that. Like, just ignore, well, not ignore, but just don't get too hyped up about one tweet. And don't say, not my country, because it fucking is. Yes, and like, the stock market is doing great, but working wages are stagnant. Inflation is rising, middle class is disappearing. So last week we had a letter about universal basic income. And uh, Dan and John Sylvain, who was here, uh, they had some very... uh, Is he related to Sylvain Sylvain from um, New York Dolls? Uh, You'll have to ask him. I'm uh, not fucking here am I supposed to no, do I don't even know
3: who this dude is no, yeah. call him no now. fuck that guy okay.
1: he started Sacred Fools Theater oh right oh cool so, but I just about universal basic Better income, like a- income <laughs> I just want to say I don't want to relitigate what they, they said they had <laughs> some very good things to say but I um, in addition to that I just want to say that it can't work in this country as long as we have a healthcare system that would eat a Right. That would be larger than a, a universal basic income. And we have s- public schools that cost more than a universal basic income, which would, Jail would system give you. Uh, yeah. Says, so right. if you have, it, you have to have uh, other things that are free as well. Not free, but um, paid for by the government or provided, I guess. Um, you just in have to have to a much sounder, sounder foundation and infrastructure Exactly. It's, we yeah. You can't like just write that. a check um, and then. Think that everything's going to be fine with our current system.
3: It's interesting. I I have had the you know the impulse of like it's, it's not my country. This isn't my America. And then you are like, well, Japanese internment. Well, millionaires lighting their cigars with hundred dollar bills during the depression just because they could. Huh. And well, slavery, yeah. segregation. Yeah, yeah, it's my fucking country. Yeah, Jim Crow. Yeah, this is this is my country. We've always been shitty, <laughs> and we've always used the ideals that I actually find inspiring. Um, that some people would call the American dream to mask everything else that's going on and mm-hmm. convince convince people that it's like, it, it's up to them. You don't deserve any help or support. And he got what he got because he just worked harder and not because he's a third generation wealth in a country that supports his race right. and denies the rights of people that don't look like him. It's yeah, because like, oh,
2: you can work pretty fucking hard in this country and get nothing.
3: I work seven days a week. I have for the last five years. I literally haven't made any money in two
1: years. Uh, so which yeah. brings us to Bill. How have you been? Oh, great. <laughs> you ha- have been working your ass off. Yeah, um, I've
3: spent a very creatively fertile period. And uh, and I have to say in the wake of Dave Made a Maze. Uh, uh, making, that's the movie the that film, you, you made. Um, uh, debut, directorial debut, feature film. Um in the wake of its, its success and reception, and, and beyond that, even if it hadn't been successful or received, um, it's, uh, it's helped me see that I'm good at that. <laughs> I can be a writer-director, and I feel very comfortable in that, and all of the things that felt like, on a good day, all of the things that felt like I had failed at, music, acting, a lot of other things, it turns out that they're all tools in a toolbox that make
1: me um, a very well-rounded knowledgeable director and i just want to uh tack on that you you won a saturn award is that correct i won a saturn award so saturn Saturn award is the nerd oscars it's awarded to um science fiction film and television is that correct yeah it's the academy it's presented by the academy
3: of science fiction and fantasy uh, film
1: or who hosted the awards Jonah Ray
3: Jonah Ray of um mystery science and MST sure, or nerdist yeah. uh nerdist yeah. and he was great he's very tall yes he's very he's tall. very, he's very yes. t- he doesn't seem that. tall at all no no he's right. very tall yeah uh he was outstanding uh his some of the the prepared jokes that he had in the monologue at the top really landed but he was self-effacing and quick on his feet and and uh, uh, it was really fun black panther one long live table 44 that was our table, the winner's table. Okay. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Who, Met you s- some wonderful
1: folks. Who'd you sit next to?
3: Uh, I sat with uh, Eric Wallace, the executive producer of The Flash and his lovely wife, and they won. Uh-huh. Um, I sat with uh, a writer, a, a directing and producing team, and I forget the name of the film. I'll, I'll look it up because I do, I do want to give them a shout out. Who were wonderful guys who actually had seen and liked our movie. Oh, very good. Um, and, and then we were... were s- did you win Best Independent? We won Best uh, DVD, Home Release, oh. Blu-ray. Oh,
1: nice. Cool. Yeah. That's... Congratulations. Which is
3: great, because the movie came out last year, so that was really the only thing we would have been eligible for. Right, right. Um, and um, and we we gave uh, individually cardboard-wrapped DVD packages in, in all the gift bags and everything.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Fun.
3: It was really fun. But um, and the rest of the table... What's a DVD? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, there were Blu-rays. We did Blu-rays, actually. Oh, okay. the, um, we sat next to a woman named um, Kathy and her son and her son's either girlfriend or wife. I can't remember. Super, really fun people. They go to the Saturn Awards every year. Big wow. fans. Of, of. And then at the end of the night, there's a chance that Kathy was actually Kathleen Turner. And we just didn't realize it. There's a chance. I don't think it was because I don't think she has a son. I think she has a daughter or maybe two daughters. But someone brought it up at the end of the night. And someone else who worked at the Saturn Awards said, Yeah, Kathleen Turner was here. And we were at a table with a woman named Kathy. And I was like, She looked familiar. I assumed she was an actress, but I hate did to ask. Did you Google someone, her? No, and did look at you don't the want pictures? I did. I did, and I can't. I can't quite. We took a picture of table forty-four. Got along so well. We took a picture together, but it's a super blurry picture. See, I don't. I don't think it was her. Okay, but there's a still. A, I still say there's a chance. You, <laughs> you couldn't tell. Why.
2: You could start uh, telling that's people that's the voice.
1: The, the voice. No, if, it was.
3: If, it yeah, if it, if it had her. been the voice, I would have known because I just watched an interview, uh, Roger Rabbit, a retrospective interview with her, and I was like, that voice. Wait, so you... So t- I'm going to say it wasn't her. Okay, but I will say when I gave my. Um, I was pretty buzzed, but when I gave the acceptance speech, you know table one in front of you is Ryan Johnson and mark Hamill uh-huh. and you go backstage mm. and there's David Lynch and Patton oswald Jesus and, christ um you know jack black and it was it was it was it was fun that all those people had to hear the name of my movie
0: yeah yeah <laughs> and, and
3: and have it in a gift bag that they'll give to their cousin without even opening right right
1: uh, that's that's so cool did did you um have any did you meet any heroes then? Uh, I met Darth Vader, and I met a stormtrooper, and we took a picture together. What, you
3: mean David Prowse? No, Vader? Darth Vader. Oh, the, the Dark Father himself. Oh, wow! That's cool. Very good. <laughs> um, Spooky. Let's see who did. I, um, I don't know who I met. Uh, it was a bit of a blur. Uh, I caught up with Jake Kasdan, whom
1: I, I'd known years ago. Yeah, before I used I was to see involved. him at uh, uh, when I was doing writing coverage. I would go to this mm-hmm. coffee house, and he would go there, and. Uh, he was like 19 at the time when he got his first directing gig. Yeah. And yeah.
3: Yeah, Jack Black uh, g- uh, did this the um, speech for his award. Uh-huh. They worked together, obviously in Jumanji,
1: but all the way back to Orange County. Uh, I think you mean Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: I it, liked that movie. Wasn't that fun? It was a fun movie. Uh, <laughs> that was a Jake Jam. <laughs> that might have been the last one I've seen in the fun. years.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was like... Yeah, that was a big uh, hit. Yeah.
3: The That's writer went up to Pat Oswalt with the Saturn Award in his hand, and he was like, uh, hi, Pat uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, recent Saturn Award winner. Uh, big fan of your work as a recent Saturn Award winner. I'd just like to say that uh, I think you're very funny, and I'm a recent Saturn Award winner. It was it was hilarious. That's really cute. funny. It was hilarious. Um, so, you, But you've also been
1: doing some directing for
3: free? Yeah, Yeah. I knocked out Nolan. a couple music videos uh, that haven't, neither have been released yet, but one for a band I used to play in, the Greg Felden Band. Uh-huh. Cool. A great sort of Americana folk singer-songwriter just had a tune on a show on... Showtime or HBO? I'm not sure. And he's got a record dropping shortly, and he's got a couple great music videos, and, and ours is one of them. Puppets, cardboard, all the shit sure. you'd expect. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then I did You're the puppet all, cardboard guy. I'm the puppet cardboard guy. Fun. Um, and then I did an all marionette music video down at the Bob Baker Theater for the OK Go side project, Jaja um, Technique. Oh, do you want They'd to tell people? They probably hate. Me calling it an OK Go side project, so I Wait, I'll, is I'll it the same that.
1: guys? All the same it's guys. It's the
3: drummer and bass player. Okay, mm. with a, with a female D- lead singer, D&B? sort of a three play. they three piece kind of. Uh, it's music for young people, so I'm gonna say it's like techno house. Oh sure. Do you sure. want to explain EDM? what the Bob Baker Theater is? Oh, it is a national treasure. It's the oldest, contiguously operating, um, children's theater, I think, but certainly children's puppet theater. Uh, it's in downtown LA. Beautiful space. Um, they have shows running all the time. If you ever make it to LA, it's it's a must. It's one of those. It's it's uniquely LA. Um, and Bob Baker used to do marionettes for like Which Mountain, Return to Which Mountain, and all that stuff. And and Disney, he had a long standing relationship with Disney, um, and they just have an archive of thousands of handmade marionettes cool and they do retro marionette shows they do them for kids but they're starting to have like indie rock bands and like yeah, funkier they,
1: edgier stuff they it's a great crazy creepy place like it's, yeah it feels wonderful. like old it's called bob
2: baker theater the bob yeah, baker it's marionette theater. it's like, a must
1: it cool. like under this freeway off ramp yeah, yeah, you know? yeah it's under a bridge yeah um, oh cool d- It's under the and yeah, and it's, and it's like dark and but they're all like there are kids there and like the amazing puppetry too yeah very very talented people. Yeah. But like cool. you know,
3: we were plugging in the lights and the sparks and spins. like, "All oh, right. Oh right, Welcome yeah. to Bob Bigger." <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. very old,
1: very old uh, For 3 years it's been threatened with closing, you know, but yeah. I think now I think it's doing okay.
3: They're on they're on a good roll. I don't I don't know. I don't know exactly where they stand, but I know they have uh, a great board and a lot of backers and they've certainly been very smart with their programming and they do a lot of um Traveling road shows too. They, uh-huh. they go to they go to birthday parties and, and
1: other like right. they, they
3: were at the Skirball for the opening of the
1: Henson exhibit. It, it's um, kind of amazing how complex those puppets are and how they they all the fine movements. It's and stuff yeah. Like that.
2: crazy. Yeah,
1: especially the ones that
3: have you know the mouths move. Yeah, you know, and, and the fingers. And, you know, we did uh, we were inspired by old vintage Bollywood, uh-huh. so we set out to do a Bollywood music video with marionettes. It sort of became its own thing along the way, but there is there is at least one section of the video that is straight out of Bollywood, and it's absolutely hysterical. Was it's it just fun? Crazy making um, it. It's you know, it's hard for me to say I have fun when I'm directing because I we had because you don't have fun in life. We had, you just feel stress well, there's and that. anxiety there's and definitely stress that. and anxiety. But you know, to, let's let's call call a spade a spade. We had one day and less than eight hundred dollars. Right. Mm. Like, that's a craft services budget on a right. music video. Right. So, like, was it on? fun? I mean, we laughed a lot at, at times, but when we were two hours behind and we couldn't, you know, couldn't get our footage and there was no coming back and I was losing money. Uh-huh. Like, was that fun? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think about
1: the money. Uh, that will yeah. just drive me nuts. Um, yeah, it's more,
3: it's more the time and the resources,
1: you know. Uh, and then how is your, in, uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but Bill is also engaged. In, Too late, suckers. In addition I'm to Cassandra taking- and not to each other. No. <laughs> Sorry. I tried. Sorry, you shippers. <laughs> Didn't work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Shippers>. uh, Mate. <Amazing. laughs> so how is that going? It's fun. I like being engaged. Yeah. She's great. Jen is great I, yeah. I spent some time with her on on uh at the party and she's a delight she's yeah. like a ray of sunshine and your Charlie Brown um you yeah. know rain cloud yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it's
3: there's just you, you meet somebody you're excited to be around each other and there's not not only is there no drama in the moment there's not even any sense that there's ever going to be any drama wow <laughs> um you know, and I, I meet, I meet people who are going through hard times, and like, ah, you know, but we can't just, you know, he's flaky. We broke up. It's
1: like, well, I th-
3: told you that in confidence. Grow up, you know, oh, get yeah. it together. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Um, just uh, the utter lack of drama is just the most. It frees you up to just enjoy each other, mm-hmm. you know, and not be at odds and not be dodging landmines and. Uh, That's great. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. So. Um, we'll probably in, have an adorable half-Asian baby one of these days. Cool.
2: And the funny thing is, she's
1: not even Asian. I know. Yeah.
2: You're <laughs> going to go buy one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, did you follow, either of you, because you being the big comic book fan, did you follow Comic-Con at all?
2: You know what? <laughs> yes. It, ra- it
1: wrapped up this weekend. And it was, I know.
2: Right? It was, yeah. And it looked unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so it looked like fun. Uh, jj abrams had um a uh immersive play exhibit thing for that stephen king thing that he's doing Uh starts with a c Uh what am i talking about castle rock yep and then there's another immersive thing there's a lot of immersive immersive things yeah um
3: Immersive or interactive?
1: Immersive. Immersive. I like a dunk. As tank. you can see, so all my
2: all my references come from what did my friends who do theater for some reason uh audition for?
1: Oh uh, oh, you, oh so it was actually immersive theater. So that uh uh-huh, so no, this is yeah. like theater so, that, that is like that you walk through basically. So it's a
2: walkthrough <laughs> theater and so they had one for Castle Rock and um so it wasn't like a VR thing. This is actually No, your, and then there was another location. thing um, f- for how
1: fast can your thumbs top?
2: tap what? while you talk. Where were you? Um, what did you do? Uh, eighth grade? No. Go
1: no. on. Okay. Um, Listening. sacred
2: lies. Sacred lies. What is okay. sacred lies? I don't know. Uh, it's probably some fucking play. Um, well, anyway, drama
1: based on a book set at Facebook.
2: Okay, so there was an immersive theater for that.
1: Okay. Um, J- Jason Blum joined. Yeah. He was my at a Saturn award. Good
2: friend Noel Urbano was in that. Okay. Uh, acting around, being. Just uh,
1: acting around. Being
2: a little creepy. Just acting it up. <laughs> being a little creepy girl. Um,
1: And that that's the uh, connection with. Kambi
2: yeah, Kong? lots of great panels.
1: Going, like, what was your favorite?
2: My favorite. Oh,
1: you actually went. <laughs>
2: Yeah. My favorite panel. I just
3: watched it on social media and got jealous and thought, one day,
2: one Mm day. My favorite panel I saw was the one where um, John Puricello spoke for Twin Peaks.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think JP. You guys hang out?
2: I didn't go. I'm an excellent You didn't go to actress. Comic-Con at all? No. Man, I, you didn't pick up plate. on that?
1: <laughs> J.P. Cutter was just there. Just remember when listening. you need an actress. Let us know, let us <laughs> I know just you, acted the shit of out of that. Let us know a couple of highlights on the tweet, tweet machine. <laughs> you like working for free. <laughs> J.P., let us <laughs> know a couple no of highlights on the, the tweet machine of, from Comic-Con. Uh, let's see. There was One of the highlights is James Gunn losing his <clears throat> We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. We'll, um, so, But there was also uh, the Shazam That Shazam thing. I love that Zachary Levi. Shazam. Shazam. The
2: movie with Sinbad, where he plays Captain Marvel, Billy Batson,
1: and uh, you know he says Shazam, Mm -hmm. gets struck by lightning.
2: Oh, I was referring to something that um, doesn't exist, but it's one of those Mandela effect type movies. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I
1: got it. Isn't that it
3: the? It's just Shazam it's, it's, is the movie with Shaq, right?
2: Kazam is the one with Shaq, and Got then it. everyone claims, including me, that, <laughs> that there Sinbad. was a fucking movie called Shazam with Sinbad. <laughs> yeah, that was What's similar. the effect called? Mandela, Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: why do you like Zach Levi so much? I was a huge fan of Chuck.
3: Oh. Yeah. Huge, like really caught up in the romance of it. Yeah. Love the Shikowski humor and the sensibility. Great. Uh, yeah, I had a huge crush on Ivan Stra- Strahovski and, and very much related to z- his character. It's like he's got skills, but he's
1: bumbling. I, I right. very
3: much felt like that about myself.
1: I was in that show. I know. Oh, what'd I'm, you play? Just a nerd. Drooling over Ivan Strahovski. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I did that when the cameras turned off. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> she was the radiant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a huge crush on her. Yeah. And now she plays a villain on that show. I can't watch it. Which one? Handmaid's Tale
2: <gasps> Who does she play
1: I don't know The blonde lady Yeah she's the blonde lady Ooh, yeah,
2: She's, the one she's who Serena the, She's the
1: one who The girl from Mad
3: Men That I don't like Is having a child for
2: Yes I just binged The fuck Out of Handmaid's Tale That's literally All I did last week When I was had a little Cold sicky Aww, sicky yeah. baby I
1: can't get out of bed Click
2: <laughs> Yeah for real And uh Fucked me up because as for my job, I have to watch a lot of House Hunters, and so all of my dreams this past couple of weeks have been a combination of House Hunters and Handmaid's Tale. Wow. So they are horrible. The
3: House Hunters Tale.
2: Yeah, where I'm, I'm looking for houses while also being chased. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> what happens to me for every night uterus. when I go to sleep. Uh, I hate to sleep these days. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so scary. Th-
1: there was also, do you care about Aquaman? No,
3: I was never a DC guy and they haven't stuck the DC. landing for any of the movies, so yeah. I haven't been drawn Wonder in. Woman? I'm very glad Wonder Woman was successful. Oh, you didn't like it? I, I would I would prefer not to disparage Ooh. Wonder Woman because I'm, I'm very glad. I went to see it in the theater. I thought mm-hmm. that was important.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm
3: very glad it's successful.
2: You didn't cry in the bathroom like I did?
3: I did not enjoy the film at all.
2: Oh my God. That's all right. You're entitled to your opinion. Fuck you. But
1: yeah, totally. (laughs) Even though it's completely objectively incorrect.
2: I mean, if anything, my opinion is objective because Mm -hmm. I don't watch a lot of superhero (laughs) movies. But I'm like, that's the best movie I've ever fucking seen.
3: But there there are some. I do. I do have an actual feminist argument. But if the women love it, then what the fuck? Shut up. Right. Sit yeah. Down. No, no, please speak for women. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not the only person who felt this way, um, <laughs> but
1: yeah, me and my poker buddies, you know, we all were growing you know, we Jen, Jen out had
3: the same arguments, but you can't go after her because you don't know where to find her. Um, the There was a moment uh, sort of as she realized how much she loved the dude. That's sure. when she discovered how powerful all her that she was. And I was like, well, why would you tie it to that? Why okay. would you tie it to that? And also, why does the dude do a German accent to sneak into a place where no one is speaking German or has German accents? Well, that's the problem with every World War II movie. And also, if her whole thing... I also think
2: that's a big feminist point.
3: If her... I didn't say they were all feminist points. Not every point has to be a fucking feminist point. Here's the deal Not all feminists.
2: I see it. I acknowledge it. I get it. I feel like in my heart in that moment I was like of course female superheroes fucking fight for love like not love for but
3: why romantic love
2: no I well sure I didn't see it all as like romantic love I saw it as Mm -hmm. like because like the whole movie all she like she loved everyone she loved humanity but like totally
3: jump into that battle and start killing a bunch of Nazis that's the other thing that frustrated the hell out of me they'd establish her whole mo as I believe that, you know, they're only at war because it's a sickness and all men are good. And then five minutes later, she's rushing into the front lines, killing people and destroying a village. Like, well,
2: she s- didn't destroy the village. Yes, yeah, she, she did. did. They did.
1: <sighs> Please. She saved the,
3: the she village. She smashed saved the village. so much
1: stuff in that scene. Yeah, to save the people of the village. The village is the people, not the buildings itself, as, as, as we learned in Thor Ragnarok, okay? All right. <gasps> You know. That's
3: a competing property, you can't use that.
1: Sorry, sorry. sorry. I
2: saw that most of it in a nail salon.
3: Very good, very good.
2: I didn't catch the ending, but well, I did enjoy it.
1: <laughs> it's definitely a nail salon movie. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, that's, I let's go. I was surprised it. it was on. I was like, okay. That,
1: and that is it. our partial v- reviews from Cassandra. <laughs> um, that, that's our I'm weekly a, section. I see
2: this is why they pay me to go to Comic-Con. Oh, yeah,
1: Comic-Con, <laughs> yes. Well, JP says that the Ready Player One escape room was very cool, went through the Shining Hallway, then uh, rooted through some an 80s bedroom for VHS tapes to match TV Property slashing on a TV. Well, I guess you gave away the secret. <laughs> uh, the Better mm-hmm. Call Saul and Breaking Bad 10th Anniversary panels were great. What both, does that have to do with comic books, though? Both hosted by Bill Burr. It's well, like, Comic-Con is, like, is different. It's like cult exciting shit. No, what
3: you mean to say is Comic-Con is ruined. R- yeah, yeah. I did go to Comic-Con one year, and at the very back, all by themselves, with no one around, I found Gene Colan, Barry Windsor Smith. All these legitimate heavyweights in the comic book world, and no one gave a fuck, and they were isolated all the way in the back of the convention wow. center. Well, that's while the there was a line around the corner for Big Bang Theory or something that was like utterly irrelevant. Uh,
1: did you have a reaction when Steve Ditko died? Yeah,
3: I, um, I always honestly, I always preferred his work to Jack Kirby. Um, I was definitely a Marvel guy, so I can't throw out a ton of names in the early days of comic books and, and impress anybody, but I did read a lot of early Marvel, and, and I n- was never in love. I, I really respect Jack Kirby, and I know he changed the game, but for some reason, stylistically, I, I loved people who were influenced by him more than I loved his actual work. It always felt very thick and clunky, and even the chins on the I, there was just something about it that very wasn't distinctive. to yeah. me. Um, and I'm not shitting on the guy; it just it was just a personal thing. But Steve Ditko, maybe just because I'm wiry, and all his characters were wiry, it, it, but it creeped me out. Yeah, it just had this wonderful atmospheric, unique flavor, uh-huh. um, and and very expressive for such simple lines. Like the the look of on Doctor Strange's face when he was still an asshole mm-hmm. um, before the I forget what accident or whatever that turned him inward, um,
2: turned him into Cumberbatch.
3: Yeah that look on his face was like god what a dick and there's like five mm-hmm. five lines five inky lines in the, and i'm looking yeah and i thought uh,
1: like asshole. really simplistic <laughs> sort of drawing but and yep. very very evocative of motion and stuff like yeah. that but
3: yeah but and the creepy the, yeah and the wonderful one uh i think i actually put it out on the dave made amazing account as a tribute but the wonderful one of spider-man he's underground and the water's pouring over
1: him and he's like right.
3: defeated it's just Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Uh, But But apparently he's a nut job. Yeah, well he supposedly got ticked over by Stanley according to and then stopped doing interviews. Right.
3: Was he a uh, recluse or did he also
1: get like all Ayn Rand up in this shit? No, I think he I think he was a recluse, but we'll never know. No yeah, he was found two days after he supposedly died. Oh boy. Yeah. And um sad. Yeah. Um but I mean, it's going to happen to all of us, let's be honest. Yeah.
2: You know who I'm sad about who just died? Jonathan Gold.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Such so, a bummer. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jonathan Gold was our local um, food, food critic, critic for the LA Times. Pulitzer Prize winning. He's the yeah. only only uh, food journalist to win a Pulitzer Prize for food writing. Yeah. So
2: So every year he puts out the top 100 restaurants, and they're always good. And he's like, I think he, I mean, I don't know if... I don't know how many restaurants admit it, probably a lot more, but, like, they did a thing on uh, NPR yesterday for him, and, like, the owner of Guisados called in and Mm. was, like, you know, before he came in. It's a famous taco place. Yeah, yeah. before he came in, like, we would get maybe 20 customers a day, and, like, then, you know, like, after he put us up, like, it was, like, hundreds and hundreds of people. And then, like, Chengdu Taste, which is... um, Szechuanese? Szechuanese, yeah. Uh, he called in and he was just like, we had to hire a new wait staff. <laughs> yeah, they had to open
1: a second restaurant. Yeah,
2: we had to hire a no. new wait staff and open a new I mean, restaurant. The, we, because Steve and I
1: went there. We waited for three hours yeah. to, to get food, to well. get seated.
2: Yeah, and be, the, because before him, they didn't have really any English-speaking customers.
1: And one thing t- about um, Jonathan Gold is he predominantly only did positive reviews because yep. his yeah. feeling was like there's enough there's enough bad restaurants out there. Like why not just point people to the good ones. Right. And, and so he would find these holes in the wall. uh, He would go to, you know, he would drive hundreds of miles uh, Mm -hmm. like a week, you know, just to go to these restaurants. He would go multiple times, at least three or four times. And he legitimized food trucks
3: and, 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 and corner stores and, and strip mall, uh, oddities. He he made them. He elevated them. Uh, if if you're at all curious, it, it works wonderfully just as a film, but it's also an excellent primer on on not only the man himself but what he did for the city of Los Angeles and for food writing internationally. City, city of city gold. of gold. Yeah. Wonderful documentary.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's great, and uh, he was diagnosed with cancer at the, the beginning of the month. Yeah. And like, <gasps> yeah. and then so he... Early July. Pancreatic, pancreatic or pancreatic stomach? Uh, pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancer. So he... Gone
2: he, weeks yes. after the and diagnosis.
1: Like, that is a crazy... Like if if I get cancer, like a fatal like diagnosis of cancer, that's how I want to go. I don't want to go...
2: No, not to... I think... I don't know if this is true, but I heard that his last meal was at Langer's. Oh. <laughs> <Aww.
1: laughs> yeah. So Langer's is a famous uh, pastrami place that's in the middle of downtown. And
2: I tried them uh, like two weeks ago it was the first time i would no maybe like a week ago it was the first time i'd ever gone
1: a giant stack of sliced pastrami yeah it was yeah. a lot of meat yeah it was yeah. fucking good Yeah, but, really good but
2: i it like fucked me up all day because i was like okay well i don't need to eat again for until next week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, i um, surprised myself in there <laughs>
1: so you know what 4chan is right like it's yeah like, yeah it's like a it's like this it's like a it's yucky web- it's like a, it's a yucky w- place. website for
2: it's like reddit for yuckies
1: yeah it's reddit for yuckies essentially <laughs> and wow. you know the people post on there it's all temporary gets wiped away but a lot of like incel people lurk there and and what's so incel mean that involuntary sell, involuntarily celibate people
2: oh interesting you know the
1: the people huh. that like
2: mra activists uh, uh,
1: there these are well there have been a couple shootings by those uh what's that what's the name of this website 4chan. dot I think it's 4 chanorg But there's uh, probably a,
3: Vendi- a comic con 4chan Vendi. Yeah,
1: I mean, there, but there's it's like pop culture as well, and then but then there's like weird political shit going on there, and flat earthers that kind of thing. Uh, and more like right wing conservative <laughs> assholes. There's
2: also mm-hmm. just like dudes posting like revenge porn on there. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and lots. Why of th- is this
1: legal or a thing or? Because it's temporary, so pe- and it, it's an anon- anonymous. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, creepy cowards go there. Sounds like the Westboro. <laughs> Baptist Church. Of no, 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 no. These is more more powerful people than that. This is and just so, like
2: aggressive nightmare station. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. online. Mostly like,
1: guys. <laughs> you know, just mostly lurking. white. <laughs> yeah. So and then probably so at the direction of Mike Cernovich, <laughs> who's like this right wing asshole. He <clears throat> these people on 4chan and just like in that world, they've been digging around. Uh, outspoken liberals in the entertainment industry trying to shame them for distasteful things that they've done in the past. Well, oh, 4chan
2: right. is, is the website that all of those celebrities uh, uh, naked the, pictures naked, got leaked.
1: Right. Got it. right Because yeah. it's anonymous. Well, and now there's a reason to go. Right. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, like So they've been calling <laughs> like, out... Why should I go to this website? Oh, okay, that's why. Uh, okay. They've been calling out people like Sarah Silverman. They called out Patton Oswalt for tweets about comedic context. that, Like a series of tweets. That they And they pulled one of them out out of context. So it right. seemed like he was an asshole. Uh, Trevor Noah did a joke of saying that Australian Aboriginal women were ugly. Dan Harmon uh, did a sketch for Channel 101 mm-hmm. that was uh, where he, it was a Dexter send up where he was fucking a plastic doll. Mm-hmm. And that he pulled it, but when you put something out there, it's out there, you know? And so people were, have been recirculating about it. He went off Twitter today uh, and then had to apologize or just had to explain I themselves.
3: Spent all of Sunday going through Facebook, my personal account back to the day that I started and deleting everything that was even remotely interesting, edgy, funny, well, or could in any context possibly be conceived offensive. And there were some wonderful statements that made me laugh out loud that I didn't remember saying that I thought were really insightful and smart. I had just deleted them all.
2: I've done that with my Twitter already,
3: yeah. which is just like, what I, a shame. I, What a shame!
1: I'm supposed to be a creative person. I'm supposed to have a voice, and I'm I'm actively silencing my own voice. And of course, James Gunn got called out on Friday, like before he was supposed to be at Comic Con for the Guardians, Mm -hmm. uh, Volume Three panel, and because he tweeted out a bunch of like unfunny jokes, jokes about rape and Disney, uh, like that were like seven years old, Mm -hmm. and then Disney fired him. Mm. but the, here's the thing these people told maybe same people, Disney that dis- put
3: out Song of the South
1: yeah oh exactly <laughs> oh, uh, yeah and yeah. they did the Siamese we are yep. you know we are Siamese yeah. if you please yeah, yeah. it's and one of the
3: most ra- if they, I mean the, the wasn't uh, the owner wasn't Walt Disney Walt himself Disney was, a known racist yeah
1: big time yeah. and so for them to call out James Gunn like these people told b- jokes most of them bad and, and Anthony and Justin like got called out and he's like yeah, that's what I and he posted, Yeah, Anthony
2: Justin likes literally like that is, is my, my fucking career. Yeah. Fuck right. you.
1: Yeah. And well how same do you, how, Sarah Silver, do you Silver,
3: how can you be how yeah, can Sir you Silver grow too. and be good, learn to be good at anything right. without making mistakes? And now because your mistakes can be screen grabbed and, and projected all over the world out of context, it's like you Right. You can't you can't develop your voice as a as a creative, as a human being. As a man, as a woman, you, yeah, you can't develop your voice anymore because if you if you have one misstep, it's over for you. Yeah, and the, none of us got where we are by not having millions of missteps, and now we're being denied
1: that that possibility. Yeah, and a bunch of people have been um, very outspoken about their support for James Gunn, Selma Blair. Uh, she urged she had started a petition didn't yeah change.org yeah. petition Dave batista's uh, furious yeah and like we have the right to make bad jokes and distasteful jokes my head for i would leap and reach them
3: <laughs> that was this line from the original guardians uh uh-huh.
1: okay go ahead going quote more that's all more. i remember okay all right no i remember i am groot <laughs> no from the second one from the second yeah.
2: one i am groot
1: okay. spoiler
2: <laughs> is there, uh, and
1: there is there's oh, a baby group and Chris Pratt he said uh, he quoted Jesus. The, yeah he quoted he did, Jesus actually. he quoted uh, yeah oh, good guess. James book one chapter or whatever chapter one something verse nine 19 understand this my, bro- my dear brothers and sisters let every person be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger sure yeah yeah, uh, that'll never happen but that, that
3: era is long gone
1: But we, and the thing that I I respect about James Gunn is he didn't deny doing this. Like Joy Reid, when she was caught out for her homophobic uh, blog posts on her account, she went out and said, like, somebody hacked my account. Which is like the shittiest thing to do. You just, and he just said, like, I'm a provocateur, I am a try to be funny, and at the time I was not in a As empathetic as I am now Mm -hmm. And clearly he doesn't support Rape clearly uh, What's his name Um, The Rick and Morty dude he does not uh, Support Fucking baby dolls You know uh, Or fucking babies like that it's a Bad joke that's different from a Politician who retweets some Racist uh, You know policy or in support Of an actual idea that is Racist or sexist or hateful like this is right. not hate speech this is just bad jokes right and we should be able to make them and and, and them. we should be able to understand
3: the difference
1: yeah
2: what about Roseanne Barr's bad joke though uh
1: that was what was her joke again um
2: she called it a joke
1: yeah I think it was it was less clear that it was a joke you know doing a sketch or doing something
2: like I agree
1: yeah and I thought that was a little harsh what she what she said, but I mean I don't really like her that much, which is yeah. a different issue, I guess. Yeah. Um. So Bo Burnham, the the director and comedian, he got his start on YouTube composing these funny little ditties in his bedroom on his little Casio keyboard or yeah. electric electronic keyboard. Uh, he says it was for his father, uh, his brother's amusement because his brother was away at college and he wanted to connect with him. They went viral and there were things you know he was 16 at the time mm-hmm. and there were homophobic little jokes and they're very cleverly done mm-hmm. but he said like i can't i can't erase that from the internet if i take them down off my youtube channel someone is just going to post it and mm-hmm. say why you know his implication was like the, that we, he would be hiding something and he's like i hope that i'm not i'm i'm broader-minded than i was then you know i think mm-hmm. that i've grown and i hope people like understand that what i did 10 years ago is not necessarily who i am now right and i thought that was just a for a 27 year old fucking genius oh, fuck that guy <laughs> it, it was nice to hear that like okay we should all be so you know understanding of mm-hmm. of the way that people grow and well you didn't used to grow in
3: such a public way, yeah. oh, my you didn't God. used to grow. I mean, there might be a Polaroid of you giving the finger or something like that. Would be your your grossest. Oh God, look at what you were! But now it's like any thought you have. If you make the mistake of just sharing your thoughts right. Right. in public forums,
1: like there's yeah. it, there's going to be a generation like it's in over. ten years. Every single candidate is going to have a dick pic somewhere, or you know, every male candidate is going to have a dick pic out there somewhere, right? Uh, that like they did when they were 15 and they first got their phone and they first got a boner, you know? Right. Like, that's just going to be a the phoner. reality. A f- a f- is that what they call it? When you first get your phone and you get a boner and you take a picture, it's a Oh phoner. my God. It's a faux faux Hey, phoner. Bill just made his first dad joke. <laughs> Welcome. Cute. That was
3: not my first dad
1: joke. <laughs> uh, Steve Erdley says, congratulations on the engagement. See, did you hear about the ghost who got lost in the fog? No. Oh, it's a shame. He
3: will be missed. Ha. Huh? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I, I got a lot of them. Yeah. You, okay. laughed. you, of you had to, laughed. You had to go like, away from the microphone. I
2: like that joke. You
3: pretended you weren't laughing, but no. that is fucking hilarious. Huh?
2: Uh,
1: let's not tout our own horn. I didn't write the to joke. Own, well, it's, I mean, the delivery was
3: pretty uh, pretty, pretty, pretty popular, just, no, spot It was on,
2: great. So.
1: <laughs> so there's a question Wait. for you, Bill, uh, from Jack, who says Jack. Uh, if I watch your movie on Prime, will you get a cut from Amazon? I will. Oh. But if you have Hulu, you can watch it for free, and you get a cut from Hulu.
3: Uh, we had an all-in deal from Hulu, so I think if it gets watched a million times or five, we don't get any; our, our money doesn't change. But I don't want you to have to spend money. Uh huh. But yeah, if you if you pay for if you pay to watch the movie legally, a, a tiny fraction of that does come to the LLC that uh,
1: put the movie out, of which I am a part. All right. So everybody, watch the fucking movie if you haven't seen it. Pay and for just, that shit. And or if you go out, just click, turn it on your computer. Right. <laughs> set <laughs> just it. Leave through. it running. <laughs> leave it on a loop. Yeah. Uh, Will Wilkins he, sms me and said Comic Con was hot, overcrowded, and it is a massive series of lines for everything. Oof. Yeah. That's it, why sounds, it, doesn't sound it sounds. It sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah.
2: It seems it, like it'd only be fun if like you're being brought there to. to host a panel yeah exactly so
1: Phil Clemmer he was there because his show had a panel of course and he is very Legends of Tomorrow Tomorrow yes yeah and so he's very excited he's like he loves his his cast and uh, he he was happy to be home though yeah (laughs) he didn't say anything bad he's just like it's a bit hectic out there our um, one of our production designers
3: Trisha Gum, is co-directing the Lego movie sequel so she was there hosting the panel as well. that's
1: awesome Uh, JP just uh, 10 o'clock Sent a, oh, a vulture uh, link to uh, that said James Gunn is not Roseanne and Disney should know it because being tasteless is different from being dangerous and hateful, I think. Totes. So I think that is. Also,
2: big background in um, bullshit, Roseanne. So. Right, yeah. And by bullshit, I mean hate and. Bill, will you do the honors? Trump stuff.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the top of the hour and you're listening to the Nooner podcast on the Smodcast Internet Radio Networks.
0: Oh, god. Oh, oh my god. Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry, boy. sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh. My headphones oh, are on the
2: March. table and yeah. I oh, heard that. that. Was, that was, I Smoke
1: apologize. Out of my ears. Like oh my god. Lunatic. I just got so excited <laughs> hearing your dulcet <laughs> tones. Um, so, speaking of Bo Burnham, he directed this movie, Eighth Grade, which came out it's last week. Oh,
2: did he direct that movie? He
1: and he wrote Wowie. it? He, it's about a, he a, wrote it as well. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, it's about a 13 year old girl who's. Uh, trying to balance a, a life um, in the eighth grade, of, along with her life on social media, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's in a way it's nostalgic because you think about how insecure you were when you were in eighth grade, mm-hmm. but it's very modern and uh, clearly it wasn't his f- complete experience being right. a, a yeah. giant man who grew up in the nineties. But it's
3: wonderful; it's just wonderful. I, I didn't expect to love it because a, a lot of it is you know a macro lens on a cell phone just looking at social media, which is like, makes me so unhappy. Um, so for portions of the film, you feel like you're on a phone. You're like, God, I hate being on a phone. Right. Um, and yet, it worked. It worked magically. It was interesting, I was thinking about this um, just philosophically, not not as a criticism of the film, but it could have been made so many different ways. Like, yeah. for example, there's a shot, uh, you sort of go down the middle of a school bus, ooh, ooh. going past all these kids, what and kind most of, of them were on their phones. A... Uh, I'm not a DP, all right? All right. Um, <laughs> And you could see, like, if Edgar Wright had done that, like, it, or Wes Anderson, like, they, they would have been all perfectly in line. Right. Their Phones held in the exact same place with the exact same uh, splash of light hitting their face. But it wasn't like that. It was just chaotic. It was mu- it was very real. Yeah. Everything about the movie was very very real. There was a there. There's a version of it that could be insanely stylized. Right. And he did a couple things with the soundtrack and the, the you know when she had headphones on and when she didn't and 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 yeah. No, no, it was like very that. well. Directed, thoughtfully
1: directed. Yeah and and very precise. But it was very natural and very natural. And so like Do you
2: like that or do you it's something that we don't
1: see a lot? Because,
2: okay, because I kind of like the stylized stuff. Well, but like, but now that you're describing stuff. it, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go into it with that thought. In my
1: yeah, mind. because it's like Wes Anderson. I just ruined if, it for you. <laughs> if you
2: no, no. If you I'm watch glad Rush, I can go. And think if you, about you watch
1: it. Rushmore, it's like very stylized. The angles are very flat. The oh, performances love are really w- flat. Or, Wes Anderson's Yeah, you know, and it's weird it's a great style, movie. Like yeah, it's great. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's not. It never feels real. It never feels totally. real. And it doesn't. You don't really think oh i remember that when that happened to me when i put on that war play right (laughs) you know and this is just about a girl she's not necessarily that exceptional but she is you know as an actress most certainly oh my god she's amazing yeah and and also makes me think of welcome to the Dollhouse which is also a very i never did see that one but it's very disturbing and there are disturbing parts of this movie
3: but in a very realistic way there's so much anxiety and tension yeah that like i almost almost threw up by the time it was over but it was it's just outstanding cool yeah it's just it's so much awkwardness and just sitting in in anxious tense moments but not yeah it didn't need to be stylized it's interesting it reminds uh just of that discussion reminds me of one of my favorite um videos we might have discussed before i used it a lot when approaching Day made a maze there's a wonderful um video essay series by a, a, i believe is canadian editor called every every frame of painting do you know this uh-huh. one yeah, it's wonderful uh, free YouTube series. You should check them all out. But the one in particular that really stood out was um, he's how to do visual comedy.
1: He stopped. Actually. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So there's like 12 or something yeah. or maybe 20. I don't know. Um, and they're all great. But uh, I watched the one about how to do physical comedy uh, or how to do visual comedy. I watch it minimum once a week. Uh-huh. Uh, and I make all the students that I'm teaching screenwriting watch it. Uh, and he basically makes the case. It's like American comedies have lost their way. They're filmed improvisations. So, There's no style. They don't take advantage of the camera. They don't take advantage of sound, uh, uh, except for dialogue. They don't take advantage of, of lighting. And he does a compare and contrast with he's a huge fan of Edgar Wright, who is extremely stylized.
2: I think I may have seen this before. It's
3: wonderful because there are, there happens to be. They moments. talk about
2: how is the how Edgar Wright does how he does transitions yep. and like follows them, follows him on the train and all that kind of yeah yeah exactly. This is super interesting. I actually wanted to re inter- uh, go back to that. The episode. whole series
1: is
3: really great. It's great yeah. and it's what's he's it called? very inside every frame of painting. Every
2: frame of painting. Yeah.
3: yeah. But and he happens to find he does a great job of finding all these examples from very successful American films that cover the same idea or moment that an Edgar Wright film does and shows you how one does it versus the other. And mm-hmm. it, it just makes you angry at how lazy American yeah. comedy filmmaking is. That I, I do not like think 8th grade though. is a victim of that, though. I think it did it it doubled down on its realism. And, and, but and it's, in a very it, precise it, yes, way. Yes, you know, it's it, very sure-handed. And while in my mind, I was thinking of the stylized version, it's not a takeaway from what's on the screen. It's a wonderful
1: film. And the soundtrack is really impressive it's it's like when, when it starts you're like what are they yeah. doing surprisingly what, like, like not modern
3: but for a film that is so but it's not contemporary. C- not
1: cinematic i guess or yeah. not con- conventionally cinematic so yeah. anna meredith is a scottish composer she it's her first feature and <clears throat> it's just it's very striking and yeah. uh and which is a bold thing to do when you're your first time filmmaker, you know, yeah, yeah. like to have, it really is must. Just like that. Yeah, it, it really, it's just yeah. a wonderful film. It's and well, that, that actress going places. God.
2: Um, I don't know. Do you think that they're still making comedies that are all these improv things? I feel like that's kind of over like big, big budget comedies in general, I feel like are kind of going out of style in general. And they
3: then feel, I think his point is that they feel like, cause he was using old school and, um, not, no, not knocked up. Uh, the uh, the hangover and stuff like that like he he was using movies that aren't necessarily improv driven but i think he's he's saying they feel like it because it's just people sitting around talking
2: sure um and and yeah where
1: they're just like leave the camera running and being camera doesn't do anything 30 takes yeah they're close-ups
3: of people talking and it's like that edgar wright is a camera
1: swinging around the edits are sharp and fast yeah to the music and and this is the same thing the the camera's very deliberate triggers yeah. yeah and and a lot of following behind her in in the same way that, what's his name does? Uh, The The, pool scene. The mother, what's that director's name? Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, very
3: Aronofsky. Her her approach at the pool party was just like, it's just someone walking up to a pool party and and you're like gripping your seat. Oh, Oh, I can't wait. It's wonderful.
2: I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, everyone should see it and everyone should, uh, Dan Etheridge recommended this last week. Hannah Gadsby, she's a Tasmanian, uh comedian that was made last week as well by john sylvain so it was a tasmanian devil yeah good you know, we, all, we all got that okay, did you good. call
2: him yet to see if he's related to the <laughs> no guy?
1: fuck that guy God. okay wait, john he
3: did that same joke
1: yeah fuck him didn't wait. do it as well as i did it uh no but he did it first fuck him <laughs> <laughs> and actually, nobody knows that who who's unless they streamed last week because it hasn't plopped yet. I don't know Boom. why. I'll, I'll so, plopped. as far as the world is concerned, that, I you did it first. first. Yes, but or well, Mel Blank did it first. She's a uh, lesbian comedian, and um, oh, is this a, Nanette? Yeah, she's the one who has oh, the the wonderful
2: new Netflix special. What you, yeah, it's yeah. called
1: Nanette and Hannah Gadsby, and it is really. Uh, it's very powerful. And yeah. I, and it's
2: Is it the one I've been seeing previous it Yeah. It must, is. yeah and, it must
1: be watched. Yeah.
3: It must be watched. And if you don't don't go in like looking for gags and like, it's, oh it's gonna be a whole like talks,
2: Isn't she like talking about how she just reformed her comedy to like not be mean to herself anymore or something? Yeah. And well, I don't want
3: to
1: give I don't want to yeah. give
3: too much because it starts as a traditional special and you're like, Oh, okay, yeah, someone doing stand-up.
1: And it ta- it goes into it's what how comedy gets made. Yeah. And, it's
3: remarkably personal, confessional, yeah, relevant.
1: Yeah. And
3: moving, very moving. Yeah. So, and Any, yeah. anyone who's involved in comedy at all, I think, must see it. I, I'm not a comedian, um, but it's still
2: so it funny, p-
3: powerfully resonating. No, oh, thank you.
2: Yeah, he did. T- well, didn't that, write the dad joke? He told that's the, the, the only ghost time you actually laughed. And then he did the Tasmanian Devil thing.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but I wasn't the first. <laughs> that was Mel Blanc. Wow, that
2: blah. I wanted to oh, try as good. Sleepy devil. Get the sleepy devil.
1: <laughs> that was your cover of Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a cover of Mel Blanc. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it is interesting and it, uh, about how we self reflect and and how comedians don't always do that and uh, and at the expense of comedy and. It also talks about offense, too, and how we, how we get offended um, when, when someone challenges who we are. And I think, you know, we, we, people talk about snowflakes as a big term that, that conservatives use. To, the sensitivity and the empathy. Yeah. As like, if
3: it's a
2: fucking criticism. all different.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, if you show empathy, you're a fucking snowflake. And I don't think like that, OK. That is if not a bad
3: thing. <laughs> Have you seen uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor"? The Mister Rogers documentary. No, I, I heard I said it earlier. That like heartbreaking. It's is
2: that heartbreaking? But like, it will make you cry for the whole time. Yeah,
3: it's but not in a not in a bad no, way. like happy tears. Not in a bad way, but there there is. A, I don't think there's any spoilers because they're all facts, things that happen. It's a fucking documentary. Um, there there is a moment where um, he is under attack for being it's basically a lot of right-wingers conservatives uh people who would call people snowflakes um attacking him for creating a generation of people who are entitled because they feel they were told that they were special and they were told that they were unique and they were told that, that
1: they was were a, that was a talking point they were good just Fox as they News, are like steve yeah. Ducey, brian kilmeade they all like and this man who did so very outspoken
3: much with so little and did it consistently and. Earnestly, throughout his entire life there were protesters at his funeral. It's just no like way. It's
1: gut-wrenching. Well,
3: That's not the part of the movie that'll make you cry. That's the part of the alert. movie that will make you furious.
2: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: can I just bring so back too. something um, that we haven't done in a while? Uh, Are they coming in threes? Uh, uh, yes. Oh,
3: shit. I- Damn it. <gasps> it was fucking up a sound cue the thing you wanted to bring back that you hadn't done in a while? Yeah. Ding. Um,
1: all right, what? How does it go? Come on, at you
3: in
2: threes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gonna put, put
3: you in your put in knees. knees. I
2: was like,
1: put you on your
3: knees. Was like, no, that's bad.
2: If you, if you like a like it rough and tough, tough, it's a like modest softball.
1: Oh wow, that was awesome.
2: No, that's not what you say. You say great.
1: Oh, that was uh, no that's yeah, yeah, that for no, mail sack. It's, yeah, that's a no. uh, mail sack.
2: What do you say okay. at the end of Okay. So
1: this is the the mail sack. This Malesack. is Malesack. Yeah,
3: Malesack. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was great. This is the okay, D-Mam right. version. <laughs> do you do you refer to your movie as D-Mam
3: all the time or the Maze or just Dave? But then okay. Dave makes people think of the um
1: uh presidential comedy starring Kevin Kline. Oh. Uh, yeah so that's what we're doing here so what was the best moment on the dave made a maze journey hmm it's been seven years and counting (laughs)
3: um the, the most recent moment that was so wonderful honestly was the saturn award you don't do anything to win an award it's stupid i get it but we were in a room full of people, and this was sort of an element of, of the I'm speech I am actually trying to gave. win a MacArthur Genius Award. Okay, well that's different.
1: Uh, <laughs> campaigning really hard. How am I doing? How am
3: I doing? <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, get that get that sound cue going. Yeah, um, and uh, we were in a room full of people that it felt like we were in a like minded room full of people, and this is who we made the movie for. And the fact that we were invited to this party, you know, it was it was Star Wars and Marvel and Disney and all these huge heads, and it was like, and then and then we're here. And on this stage, you know, and you had a movie with a huge head. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that that was very special. I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind, but it's because it's the most recent. Uh, slam dance was. Yeah, I'll never forget the and good and bad of, of Slam Dance.
1: And you're working on the second movie right now. Second, um,
3: third, and fourth. Second, yeah, oh. tons of. Wow. Yeah. But was, as I said, it's been very creatively fertile. Uh-huh. Period. Right. Um, Just not remunerative. Wait, wait were you where are you teaching? Uh, the uh, Theater of Arts. What's that? It's a small um, acting school. It's connected to the Musicians Institute in Hollywood, which is huge, uh-huh. and uh, the Dance Academy. And uh, So it's like fame anime. for old it's people. Very, it's it's fame for, for, poor, for poor people. <laughs> oh, um,
2: They were poor in fame.
3: Oh, were they? Yeah, it was yeah. a public school. Oh, there you go. So, so it was like fame. Um, it's actually an interesting course uh, where I teach actors to write a short film that they will star in. That they can also realistically afford to produce.
1: Wait, why is this for poor people though?
3: Like, because if you have money, you probably go to a more prestigious school. Oh, I see, I see. And so you do have a job. Well, I teach once or twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and cool. also I didn't make David amazing when I sat on a board to be a fucking teacher. Whoa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was another moment on on David. It was the first day. I might have told the story before, but it was the first day. All the actors were there. We had such an incredible cast. The, the maze in the in the apartment was built. We shot the beginning of the movie first. Um, so it's it's the first scene of the movie. As you can imagine, it's Annie coming through the door, Mira. Um, and there were, you know, there's 50 people there because it takes an, an army to make a movie. And we said, and I had a real monitor and I was standing at the monitor and I had a real AD. say, All right, settle down everybody, uh, roll sound. I had a real sound guy say speed and then real AD say, roll camera. A real deep, and then you ejaculated, and I was staring at the monitor, waiting for something to happen. I was like, "Why isn't she? Why isn't she coming through the door? Why why isn't anybody saying action?" And it was like um, Liam Neeson when he is in Naked Gun when he's the uh, umpire. Oh, and he yeah? sneaks in onto the field, the umpire, and they throw the first pitch, and like everyone's waiting for him to call whether or not it's a ball you or mean strike. Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Did I see Liam Neeson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Leslie I, like, I
2: don't remember Liam Neeson's role. <laughs> I mean, he
3: would have been hilarious. Well he has a very particular set of skills. I'm yeah. gonna remake Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. So yeah, yeah. I just I, I just I just blew it. Um, nice Beaver. <laughs> uh and he doesn't realize that he's gotta call Ball and so I was like, oh right, that's me. Fuck action. Uh, and just realizing that they were all here to make this thing happen and then
1: my own role within that that was that was a thrill my Mm -hmm. first acting job was on a set where there were like 80 to 100 extras jesus and like the director didn't say he never said action but i didn't know that was it a clint eastwood movie no it was a commercial (laughs) but so he's doing his thing and he starts yelling at me and i was like but you didn't say action in front of everybody. And I just got no. a tongue lashing. Uh, that was the... That's that was... bullshit, though. How were you supposed to know? Well, he, he, this director, he, he, he used me a lot. So I, he's just an, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So my next softball. Why wouldn't you let me show my face uh, as the Minotaur?
3: <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, you didn't want, didn't want to blow the mystery, right. Marty.
1: I made mean, it.
3: Props to you for getting so jacked.
1: Well, you know, it's just, I was just, yeah, you know, I went
3: easy that week, you know? Yeah. Yeah, light on the sweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. it, re- it really showed. All right. It really showed. Yeah.
1: Well, who was the, the guy who played the Minotaur? Uh,
3: John Hennigan, who was also Johnny Mundo and uh, Johnny Nitro. He's famous wrestler,
1: WWE. Uh, but he's Lucha, Lucha, but not Lucha Vavoom, but one of the Luchador. He doesn't have a real good imagination. So any character you name him has to be Johnny. Right. So, so he was Johnny Minotaur. Well, it's branding. Um, yeah. yeah. John, Johnny Minotaur. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's his new character. Yeah. Uh, um, but it was hilarious because right before, it, you, you know, he's he's got all the like dirt and makeup on him and everything. And he's got the giant head and the cardboard gauntlets and everything. And we're like, okay, roll camera and speed. And then he just goes Whoosh, and just like. Engages his core in this Whoa. eight pack. A <laughs> it was it was
1: awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's weird. The Google machine just went on. Hold, um, what can you? Do you Is it responding yeah. to me? Did I say something too loudly? Yeah, you said okay. G o o g l e. Um, thank you. What's the one bit of advice you would have given yourself seven years ago? Seven years. Oh, like when we first were like, we should make a movie. Yeah. Hmm. Bill made a movie. God damn. Did
3: they um, start That's off different. Soft. That's a good question because that's different than what's the advice you give yourself before directing a movie. Because it, it wasn't... at Seven years ago, it wasn't about directing a movie. It was about raising funds, attaching talent, uh, honing the script. It's a big-ass journey. Yeah. Believing in it, fighting for it. Um, I guess... You could never be, there's no such thing as being overprepared. Okay. Mm. So in that seven years, there's a lot. I basically, what is something I'm doing now? I have a script that I love that's in a, maybe fifth draft that I'm really proud of. And we've made offers to very famous actors that you would know to star in it. And it may be years or never that the movie gets made. But mm-hmm. I've already started doing screen scene breakdowns. Um, which is a way that I prepare that I learned out of a book that I could tell you if you give a shit. Um, What's uh, the book? I believe it's called How to Direct: How, Directing Actors. Okay. Uh, written by a female director. It's, it's a wonderful book. What? What?
1: Huh. There's such a thing. Uh,
3: um, it says things like don't wear too much perfume. No. Um, it <laughs> is one. <laughs>
2: Plan <laughs> around your period. <laughs> it's
3: it's an excellent book, and it it I use a lot of things from it for for breaking down my scenes so that I have a whole huge toolbox that may go out the window as soon as we get on set but at least you have that it's the same thing you do as an actor you prepare you prepare the scene 10 different ways and they may say actually this guy's really depressed and you didn't realize that wasn't one of the 10 ways you prepared it so you throw out all 10 ways you prepared it but mm-hmm. that preparation still comes in handy for what you end up having to do in the moment
1: Judith Weston That's the one. Uh-huh. Directing Outstanding
3: actors. book directing actors Judith Weston it's great for actors too uh-huh. because the scene breakdowns that I do to prep myself as a director, I would also do as an actor when I had auditions, and it was outstanding for me. Um, but I'm already doing that prep for a movie that I may not even ever shoot, and that's the kind of stuff that I was scrambling and didn't have enough of when the time came. And obviously, I had seven years, so I could have I could have known could have known my shit that much more.
1: Right, again. right. I think that's true for anything: is you can never be overprepared. prepared. Right, uh, and you can never work too hard as long as you get a good night's sleep. right? Uh, And like my sister when she first started directing for television uh, you know she was part of this uh, director's program uh, at ER and so she would go in on the weekends to block all the scenes Hmm. and so we would she would just ask her friends to be there Mm -hmm. and I think Phil Amar was there once I was there and then just whoever was around and then she would just direct every or just block out every scene mm-hmm. and then because they would let her on the set on the on the weekends when they weren't shooting right and then she did that for years you know for every every tv show that she directed she would go on west wing and mm-hmm. and then that was really fun We got to sit at the in the oval office and it nice. was really really cool and but she that way when she was on set even if she had to improvise or whatever she yeah. had a, a game plan and she the reason why they called her back is because she always made her days so I, like she she shot everything that was scheduled that day which is hard to do on a very fast paced tv show yeah and I, I it just requires a shitload of work though and you yeah you yeah. cannot over prepare and yeah i'm too lazy to do that so i mean like yeah we'll just see how it
3: goes and i was gross in full disclosure i was grossly under prepared to make that movie especially given that we had to make it in 20 days and we couldn't go into overtime with our actors and and like the the severe limitations of time space and money um it was all the whole thing was shot in a single warehouse space and Mm -hmm. sets were being built as we were shooting so i couldn't Block ahead of time because the set didn't exist. Um, I could have a couple ideas, but right, um but even still, there's a lot more preparation I could have done, and I was I was inc- incredibly under prepared. But I had an amazing team and strong force of will. But definitely, that's that's what I would do differently. Is is what I'm doing now. Already breaking down the scenes. Right. Maybe even you know before I even
1: have. single talent attachment but it was good that you were there building the set so you were familiar with the environment yeah i don't i
3: I, am not saying it as a regret right i'm just saying it as a fact i was i I could have been significantly more prepared to direct that film but also i had never direct a film before
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, i had only i put it in air quotes that you can't see directed uh web stuff that i was starring in so really all i was doing was you know telling you know the dp was doing more directing than i was
1: Mm-hmm. Are you still pursuing acting at all?
3: No. I told my agents I'm semi-retired until I can.
1: Well, well, how did you you tell them that you're semi-retired? you say, yeah, just call me, but there's something really juicy.
3: No. I mean, I said, I I said, I said I'm too busy, which is kind of true. It was getting to the point where I was having enough meetings and I had there enough time I had to spend writing and pitching and being prepared that when they would say, Hey, there's a, Four o'clock in Santa Monica this afternoon. It was like that. I I have too much going on. I have way too much going on. Was that a hard call to make? Uh, It's sad because I, I really, I mean, I was only acting because of how much I miss performing music, Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm not performing at all, and that that makes me very sad. It it is something that I felt like I had, in in certain circumstances, in certain roles, I had a knack for, um, and I miss it. I miss it a lot. Uh, and you know, issues of, I will be losing my health insurance and you know, right. it, you would get these checks for lots of money and you're like, okay, well that'll, that'll, that'll do. Uh, but you don't anymore. Yeah. We were talking about this cause, cause you've, you've moved away from it as well to a degree I, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it felt like a good decision and the right decision. And when I made it, I was really happy. But, uh, you know, the reason that I made it made me sad. I was auditioning for a a, a cowboy, uh, who was, you know, also had a sense of humor and I was like well that's that is like the one role that I can do Mm -hmm. hands down and I was in the waiting room and I heard everyone ahead of me going not getting the joke not understanding the material being a terrible actor and I was like well great this if I uh, and I said to myself this is exactly what I should be going out for and if I don't get a callback I'm not doing this anymore and I did a performance that I was totally stood by that I thought was outstanding that I was really happy with and I didn't get called back and I was like "Eh, then I'm done if, if I'm that right for a role, I do that well in the room, and I can't even get a callback, which would have, in its own way, been a total annoyance, because it would have been in Santa Monica at four o'clock on a Friday, taking up four hours, well, then what am I doing this for? This is pointless. This is stupid.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, hmm. And you... I
3: saw the commercial recently on ESPN, and I was like,
1: yeah, I was better.
3: I was better. Didn't even get a callback, and I was better than the guy they hired. That's, that's fine.
0: Mm. It's fine.
1: Would you put yourself in your own movie? In a second.
3: I would not put myself in a big role at this stage. Mm-hmm. I'd give myself, I, I wouldn't play it like a cameo, but I'd give myself sort of a cameo role. Um, the, the next movie that I, it looks like I will be making has a bass player character that I love, that I would love to play, but it's too significant a role and it's got practical effects and all these other moving parts. So I just can't
1: wait. So you, can't pull it off. How, how close are you to, to that happening, the next movie? I'm closer
3: to another movie happening first, actually. Wow. So Um, exciting. But that other movie isn't even written yet. So this one feels more tangible to me. So it's easier for me to to, to visualize the directing of it. Right. But uh, I'm trying to position myself to be paid to write the other script. Right. But if that does happen, it would be under such a large umbrella that that thing would be... That train would be moving a lot faster than me trying to independently get the already written and conceived film right around but if the talent that we went out to reads it and says i want to meet this guy and says yes then that movie is going to happen really fast because well, we reached out to some some these are good megawatt talent have. you know yeah
1: yeah very good problems to have yeah all right um oh, what was i going to say uh shit oh jp tweeted in that he uh Watched the Mr. Rogers movie, thought it was fantastic, had never heard the story of him helping explain the Vietnam War to children. Yeah. And it's oh, wow. In the, his first week on air in 1968. Yeah. That's crazy. How, well, no, really I, don't, impressive. I don't need to know how it. And then he also pointed to the uh, Every Frame of Painting um, entry for uh, David Fincher. Yeah, I, that's a great one. That's yeah, a great one. Yes. And David Fincher is just a fantastic director. Maybe not that uh, I haven't heard. He's the nicest guy, but, <laughs> but uh I mean, because he used to work at Propaganda when I was at Propaganda, and that's how I hear know about that. But mm-hmm. I mean, he did great stuff there. He did the great. The Jack chan one is great. The
3: every frame of painting, uh-huh. how to edit, uh, action comedy. It's it gets very specific.
1: Yeah, that yeah. guy spent like he. I think he said like eighty hours on each one. Wow. You know? Oh wow. Yeah, and that's why he <clears throat> said he couldn't do it yeah. anymore. They're
3: very filmic. They're very. Well researched, they're very knowledgeable. He is very intelligent and has wonderful personality in his narration. Yeah, and
1: good taste, obviously. Very good you taste. Know. Yeah, uh, Cassandra, what do you? What's your? Are you still making doing videos right now?
2: Um, we I, mean, I know you're
1: always doing videos, but is there anything?
2: We did uh, we the short film that I wrote and um, that we're making is just got done with the composer, so it's just getting sound mixed and then off to. Off to festivals. festivals? And, and then the other one that we did earlier in the year, um, that one's already gone out to a bunch of festivals, so we're just kind of waiting.
1: That's exciting.
2: Yeah, so two short films How, in how'd the circuit.
1: You get the, how'd you get a composer?
2: <clears throat> so the first short film that we did, um, one of the girls who's starring in it um, is a professional violinist. And oh. um, she... Uh, works um not only as an actress but also as a you know violinist on set. Yeah. So she was in Wet Hot American Summer, the um TV show. Uh-huh. And um got to know David Wayne's composer. uh oh. And um his name is Matt. And um Put us in contact so that's who we got our composer it's, that is
1: awesome yeah so how david, cool is
2: david that wayne's guy is the guy who does us and david wayne is one of my favorite directors so and that's did, really exciting
1: and he, he did both your shorts yeah
2: that's so cool yeah what, he's a really nice guy so what's his name uh i it's matt
1: uh oh jesus christ
2: <laughs> i know i'm such a brat i just i don't get
1: ungrateful
2: i don't get uh! to, i don't get to interact with him very often because i did not direct either of those films um i just wrote one of them and i was in both of them so um and also there's two mats that worked because our editor's name is matt too so one of them is named matt novak and i believe that that is the editor and then the composer nope sorry matt novak is the composer and matthew jensen is the editor two Uh, mats too many mats
1: that is super cool anyways
2: yes it is cool um
1: and then how who directed them
2: kate Murdoch. Who was here? Yes. yes. Nice. And, and that's who, yeah.
1: And how, how do you? How do they turn out?
2: Uh, the one that's going out to festivals right now is very cool. Uh-huh. Um, and I like it a lot. And then. That's the um, one you're
1: in but didn't write.
2: Yep. Yeah. And then the one that I'm in that I did write. Um, yeah. Because you watch these things so many fucking times.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> that you hate them. But yes. when I saw it with the first time I saw it with the and there was still notes for the composer afterwards but now it's done um but the first time I saw it with the original music was the first time that I watched it with a smile on my face <laughs> in like months so um yeah it's it should be really cool and it's we it's like under five minutes which is um not how sweet spot oh yeah, yeah so that I mean we're festivals. really yeah, yeah that's that's kind of what we were thinking when we were putting that together and that is one that you know, the editor fucking rocked the shit out on it. And
3: compressed and compressed and compressed.
2: Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool concept. And we shot that one on uh film.
1: Oh, wow. Film film,
2: 16 millimeter, 16 millimeter film, Beautiful. um, We shot it in a day, which was a mistake. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, what would you tell yourself three months ago? Right,
2: (laughs) Two days, girl. Two days. (laughs) Uh, One more can of film. Yeah, well, because, you know, I just... On the day of, I just had to be an actor, which is fine, except that the day before, when I'm helping produce and stuff, I'm like, I can't just, like, turn that part of my brain off. And so I did. I didn't talk to... I didn't bother Kate. I didn't say a shit to her because I knew that it wasn't going to help. Um, and I knew that she was already like, oh, yeah, we're running it. It's like the transitions and moving the camera, all that stuff took a long time. So um, I was I was a good girl and I kept my mouth quiet. And, a lot more uh,
3: rehearsal with uh, when you're shooting with film.
2: Yes. Kate and was like, yeah,
3: let's shoot the rehearsal and see what happens. Nope, see what we can get.
2: Nope. And the other actor who was in it, it, his name is Siaka um, Misokwa, I believe. Um is how you say his last name um he was great and we rehearsed a lot together mm, nice. because both of us were like okay this is some film we can't fuck this up like right. let other people fuck the day up but it can't be us right and right. uh so that was actually the feedback that we got at the end of the day from people on set was like well you guys were great like
1: can never if, be too over prepared
2: never 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 and i was kind of like thinking to myself you know in the future I'm not. I don't think I've ever showed up to a set under prepared, but I've never showed up to a set that prepared. And I'm like, you know, I should treat every yeah. thing like I'm going to be on film. Um, Makes
3: your life easier on the day.
2: It really does. Less
3: energy, less stress, more confidence. I. It was like the first patience. day.
2: It was the first day that I wasn't like, if that I didn't have my script in my hand the, all day because I right. was like. You know, thinking, okay, well, my downtime, I should, I should look at my lines. I was like, I don't need to. I know these fucking got lines. Yeah, got it. Yeah. I so. think,
1: and you don't want to be the one who holds shit up because people remember that. And mm-hmm. if you do your job well, they remember that. Mm-hmm. So that's why, yeah. like, crews like my sister, because they, like, she's they, prepared. They get home at a reasonable hour because right. she gets her shit done.
3: There, if If the actors we worked with hadn't taken Dave so seriously, we never would have made it. Because we couldn't go into overtime with our actors. And we only had 20 days. We were losing our um, location? space. We were yep. losing the location. All the sets had to be destroyed at the end of the day to make room for the one we were building the next day. So we couldn't go back and catch up on a scene we didn't get. Yeah. and It's just cardboard. I didn't, what the fuck? I didn't necessarily communicate that to them,
1: but they just showed up they got so it. prepared. Well, also because you were, well, even though you said you weren't prepared you were still prepared. Well,
3: know. they also, knew. you know, you understand in an indie film, you're shooting four to five pages a day. Right. That means you're not getting 10 takes. You're
2: getting three, and you're you know you're right that people do remember people who hold shit up like
1: yeah Yeah, I haven't worked in a while really leave it at that
2: (laughs) (laughs) I heard uh, the Midge worked on a movie in Louisiana last year that he wrote and or he co-wrote with the director of the movie and um the stories that I would hear at the end of the day were typically about certain. Actors or actresses, or a certain like you know second camera person or something like that, where like they were the ones who were just like would slow things down. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. fuck! Like I don't ever want anyone on a set to go home and call their girlfriend or their boyfriend and be like, this fucking bitch. <laughs> like I can't let that happen to me. So well, you just can't
1: afford you can't afford it anymore. See My philosophy no. is just don't be the worst in the room. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Be uh, easy to work with and the people want to work with you over and over again. Yeah. But I
3: just can't understand. I mean, the pace of filming now, it didn't, we was in a band practice and I think mean, yeah. Bomb mentioned, this was years ago, but didn't they have three months to shoot The Graduate? Uh, something oh, like that, basically. yeah. You need like three locations. Yeah, You're just fucking a girl in a, in a in a fucking apartment or in a hotel room. And you need three months to shoot this fucking thing. Wow. Yeah. And then like, well, uh, I mean, my Nic- hey, Nicholas
1: came from theater, and right. you know, I'm sure there was a lot of rehearsals. And but I'm just like that. That what a what a gift.
3: Yeah. You know, the Jaws went 100 days over. It's like a hundred days. Right. Apocalypse yeah. Now. And- I had 20 to shoot the whole movie. You went yeah. over a hundred. Did you, days? you have reher- days of rehearsal? No. Yeah, I didn't meet James Urbaniak until he was standing in costume on my set. That's crazy. We
1: wow. didn't even have a table read. That is crazy. That's we had no wild.
3: resources to do that. I mean, we, it was a, it was a union shoot, and we didn't have the budget to pay the actors to come in for table read. I wasn't going to
2: ask them to do it. Oh yeah, we just asked Siaka to do it. I we would, just I very would. politely. Well, I mean, it, fortunately, it was we were not sneaky, but it was always coming from me, who was not the director, being like, "Hey, do you want to rehearse? Right. Do you want to rehearse, or do you want like?" Because I was like let's let's do this like, shh, like whatever yeah. so i think that we only had one with kate in the room but like she knew that we were rehearsing
3: right the only because
2: the yeah fir- you can to pay them thing, for that
3: yeah exactly the very and i wasn't going to ask for favors out of the gate you know because no. i knew it was going to everyone crazy. working there was doing a favor exactly yeah. no one was getting the rate that they deserved um the very first thing we did the very first morning was uh we needed to populate the apartment with photos of uh dave and annie in their relationship and we did something that ended up not working on camera but we did a series where they're in love and then a series where they're angry at each other so that in a sequence when the maze takes over the apartment and we did we switched the pictures out but it doesn't really pop on on screen um the the photos change from ha- the happy ones to the angry ones because the maze is trying to tell them trying right. to encourage them to break up um, so that we needed those photos, but we couldn't pay an extra day for a photo session. So, so right. the first thing we did, Nick, this is Mira, Mira, this is Nick. Okay. You guys are in San Francisco. It's your second anniversary. Click. Yeah. Yeah. With <laughs> like your they phone. Literally just met each other and had their arms around each other getting, yeah. you know, getting their picture That's... taken. It was
1: nuts. Well, nuts. which is kind of amazing because it's like, Hey, now we can make a movie in 20 days. You right.
3: Know? Which and is... also, you know, as an actor, this is the gig. Yeah. The gig is yeah. to the gig is to bring that reality to life, whether or not you've known this person or had the advantage of a table read or rehearsal or, or whatever. You know, you have to do it. in, a, Pick in an Pick something you like
2: about them really fast in your head and, yeah. and really focus on it. Yeah. But for me, it's yeah, we usually
1: have, the legs. We have Just that there. luxury now <laughs> okay. because lights lights are easier to work with. Yeah, video is easier. To work Shooting with. on
3: digital, you can you can shoot the rehearsals and you can catch some coverage and some yeah. magic moments. And you yeah. can
1: move. You know, much faster like yeah yeah, it's it it is possible so but what a luxury there to have a hundred days or yeah yeah. three months to make a film kate
2: and i already decided for the next thing i don't know if we're gonna do another short for a long time but um we definitely said the next thing that we ever do anything we're not ever we're not doing shit in one day anymore because we did it to save money because we don't have any money Mm -hmm. um and at this point we're kind of like okay why don't we why don't we try to raise money next time rather than fucking funding this shit ourselves and like yeah. shooting ourselves in the foot by doing these yeah. in one day and having these really fucking crazy long days and it just gets too why did you it's it
3: to- too hard too exhausting why did you want to shoot on film
2: i didn't uh <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> what the fuck Kate? Come on. no our it's, my phone is right here it's so 4k our dp dustin Supinchek, who's Fucking amazing. He worked with us on our first short. Um, and he was he's just really great and super cool, mellow, talented, awesome dude. Um, he got a hold of the script that well, I mean, he didn't get a hold of it, we emailed it to him, but like we gave him our script and uh, that Steven and I or the Midge and I wrote, and um, he really liked it. And you and know, wanna, Steven, I don't know, yeah. uh, Kruger and I wrote a script, <laughs> uh, um. But we, uh, he read it, he liked it, and wanted to work on it with us, and then he, he, it was his idea to shoot it on film, And me and Kate were both like, "LOL, no." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was like, "No, seriously." And then he ran the numbers, and then basically I mean, he said, "If you shoot it on film, I will do this for free." so oh. he worked for free that
1: day. i see um but in the or- lab fees and all the telecine and all that you
2: yeah, know it was still expensive um it was still more expensive than it would have been to just pay him to do it on digital but the fact is, is that like it made
1: him happy to be there probably
2: well i mean he, yeah i mean he would have been happy to be there anyways it was, it's a cool script but like well god damn it he would have been be fucking that. happy to be there no but it was just like to me i'm like you know He's he's in the same position as we are. We're just like artists trying to like fucking make something cool. And so right. if for him to like feel like this big artistic expression by shooting this on film, like, and you're willing to work for free when he's worth a lot. Right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. So that's kind of what we did, and you know what? Like when we submit it to festivals, and we go, we made a shot on film. Like people are gonna be like, "Is under five minutes? Shot on film? Oh my god! you and your lead is black? Oh my god! You know? Wait, you're black? Pay-
3: that's the thing. When you,
2: I'm well, okay. You do so, it in blackface? I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, There's career, a talking point. My career's <laughs> over. All right. Yep.
3: Mike is hot. no. I'm Mike sorry.
2: Hot. I'm no. Siaka is black though.
1: Uh
3: But that's the thing When you're doing When you're doing a project Where people aren't getting paid What they're worth Or what they're used to Getting paid um, You have to make it Exciting for them Uh Like I'm I've got I'm directing something That I I can't speak The details of But it's a nerdgasm For comic Comic uh, fans Uh, And it's got Animations and puppets And all kinds of stuff All the stuff that's fun But expensive Uh Um, And I'm going to the Department heads And being like It's not a lot of money I've made more with less But this is not a lot of money But You know, where do you... What excites you about it? Where do you want to plant your flag? Mm -hmm. Like, it could be this or it could be this. Let's work together to find a way to make this worthwhile for you. Right. Like, how do you get to either test yourself or try something you haven't tried before or use something you've already done before so that it's less work for you? Um, You know, or or, or where do you see... Where do you really want to plant a flag?
1: Like, what turns you on about it?
2: Let artists be artists. Right, yeah.
1: And what's so amazing is that people get behind you about that yeah. and then be like, let's do it. But well, you're wanted- setting them up to succeed
3: and yeah. you're getting that you're getting, you're giving them a reason to, to go an extra mile because they're like, Ooh, I can really do this thing that I've been meaning to do. I'm really bad at asking for help. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, Every time rumor. I crew up, it's like hat in hand. Yeah. But- apologetically. Like I, I always thought if the maze worked, then I can take care of everyone and the maze worked and I still can't take care of
1: anyone. And it drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, well, Bill, what what will you come back again? I'd love to. This has been a blast. All right. And Cassandra, what is the Midges movie?
2: Which one? The one that he did in uh, M- Louisiana? Yeah. Midge the movie. Yeah. It's uh Wait,
1: Is it projected on a tiny little screen? <laughs> yeah.
2: It was really cute. Had, the crane was adorable. It, it came was it shot? To my knee.
1: Was it, what, <laughs> was it shot in two millimeter?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um that movie is called The Long Shadow. Um, it's uh Cut, directed by Daniel LaFrenze, what Her
3: perfect director name?
2: Yeah, big time. Uh, Daniel's a nice guy, and uh, it's not coming out yet, but it's like a murder mystery. Ooh, Ooh I've read the script, in the swamps, of Louisiana. I, and I've seen nothing. Yeah, but it's it takes place in the swamps of That's Louisiana. Awesome. Is
1: he? Is he? Did you like how it turned out?
2: Yeah, I mean he's only seen an early cut. They're doing reshoots right now. Oh. Daniel's in Louisiana as we fucking speak. <laughs> Very,
3: Midging it up. Uh, no, that's that's th- Oh, that's the other one. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No.
2: Midge is, Midge is in town. Yeah. He didn't he did not go. Well, what's
1: the other movie he wrote? Is there another movie that's getting made that he wrote? Cuz you said which script? Which movie?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean cuz he's a yeah, he uh it's he's an got a, writer. Yeah, he's a writer. I know. Spot I know, I know but he's, like, he's got a he's got a many... movie over at Lionsgate right now, but Zing. They haven't it yet they just optioned it oh so it's
1: yeah. worth a lot Wait, did they option yeah. it for free
2: no yeah no he okay. got paid for it right. well, and geez. they've got another like i don't know i don't know because <laughs> <laughs> nobody buys anything i do <laughs> trust me they read it they love it and then they don't want yeah. it they're like oh, this, this is, is a good. brilliant
3: idea oh this is very exciting let me know when the script is ready
2: yeah this is like oh my god me- we really love this why don't you write the script for this okay here's a script you know what i actually quit my job and i'm going to this new place uh, and i'll give you a call. No, my phones never ring. Dude, I we
3: had a little pulling back the curtain. We had a pitch. I had a general that led to a pitch that led to another pitch that led to some notes on a pitch document that led to more notes on a pitch document that led to a call that led to more notes on a pitch document that led to the higher up watching my movie and reading the pitch document that led to we want to go to script on this that led to the only thing we need, what we really need is a detailed outline of the entire first season. So if you can get us that. Then we'll go
1: to script on a, on a, so it's like,
3: wait, you need you, me to write right. a whole season of television yeah, it's yeah. before like, you'll you, pay me to can write you the pilot. you get
1: me, uh, like a, just a mixed master, you know, just yeah. with all, uh, an online, you know, yeah, finished series. J- 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 just go ahead, series. cast it, shoot it,
3: pay for the whole thing, do it all on spec. And then you we'll know. talk about paying you to write the pilot. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, man, it's, it's just untenable. And I was talking, actually, I was talking to someone about this, um, with the, the, increasingly we're asking for more and more and more on spec, an entire season of television. Not just like the arc of the season, because we already had that in the pitch. Actual outlines for every single episode for an entire season of, of television for free.
2: Like forget that you might hire a writing staff. Right. And that it might change.
3: Or that my writing partner is an Emmy winner and I just won a Saturn award last night yeah. before this meeting. It's like we're, we're proven commodities. Yeah. Um, the, the, the more that they the more that that's how they run the business, the more the only voices they're going to hear are rich kids. Mm-hmm. The only people who can afford to do that already have money. And rich kids don't have anything to say because they have very limited life experience or they're experiencing it through a bubble of, of being utterly safe. Um, and that's what a, a lot of creatives are saying, like people who are, th- this was a showrunner, and he's like, yeah, the writers that are coming up, that are coming on, that are getting hired... They're just a bunch of rich kids that don't have anything to say and don't have any life experience because none of the rest of us can work on spec. It just, it's untenable.
2: Well, it's also just like a bummer because, well, you read a big pitch document of mine. when and then I gave you a ton of detailed notes. I know, and I appreciate them oh, so good. much. I'm um, actually going to talk about those with Kate today. Oh, um, nice. But uh, yeah, no, whenever I have like ideas and stuff like that, because that was a lot of work and... It, Maybe not even enough. And I'm like, every time I have a new idea, I'm like, well, I don't think I have time to develop that idea because I have to r- know everything. Right. I said I the same to know thing everything. to my brother
3: today. He's yeah. like, how's it going? It's like, oh, I had this really interesting idea and immediately got stressed out because every time I have an idea, I end up losing a lot of money.
2: That's how I felt. I was like, "Well, I can't. It's, I, I would like to work on this idea, but I don't have time to work on this idea because I don't have time to write out what the next three seasons of this idea will be because I don't know and I don't have time to think about it." So
1: the takeaway is: don't have dreams. Right. All right, everybody, listeners. Yeah. Don't have dreams. If you have an
3: interesting thought, don't put it on social media. You'll get killed for it. Yeah. No. And just, just keep everything. If you have an idea, just quash it because stuff it it's down. just gonna end up costing down. you money. Yep. Making your life more difficult and you'll be miserable. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, you know what? It's almost over, which is too bad because I had a question. Go on. Um, how do you hire a stripper? Like,
1: why are you asking me?
2: I don't know. I figured that you would know.
1: You go to the Yellow Pages and go to strippers. The Yellow Yellow Pages. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you can go to get a stripper (laughs) service. Yellow Pages.
3: I'm. Well <laughs> you just you you put it you put a bug in the ear of the town crier.
2: Yeah, okay. I'm helping plan a bachelorette party in Denver in a couple weeks, and I'm like I'm Yeah, you go on the internet. No, totally. I agree. <laughs> but like this is a different type of bachelorette party in the sense of that these... It's
1: appropriate.
2: This is what the bride wants interesting yeah go to, i agree
1: go to craigslist <laughs> not gonna go to gonna craigslist oh you're gonna that's I
2: thought. i was like do yeah. you go to craigslist but yeah. then i'm like but i want someone you're like some who actually makes creepers. like fucking abs like
1: yeah, no there are services yeah but you have companies. to find them and then you just go on the internet yeah just do a google search
2: i don't want to it sounds gross then it's in your search
1: history and then you start getting weird ads yeah yeah and then i'll send you like 10 links and you're like i want to Guys.
2: <laughs> oh, but she's got great abs. Look at them. I know. I was I don't know.
3: Well, you want someone local, right? Where's the where's the bachelor party? Denver. Yeah. Denver Den- Den- Denver yeah. Yellow Pages.
1: <clears throat> yeah. The
2: exactly. Rocky Mountain News Classifieds. Mm-hmm. The Penny
3: Saver of Denver. Uh that that you that's just a good place. Yeah, go to the free like the free Denver Free Times and
1: all those sex ads in the back. Craigslist. No, the, you can't do that anymore. That, that's all outlawed. But this isn't. Sex no, it's just important. all weed ads. Yeah. Just all dope, sweet, sweet. We're dope. getting a party sweet, bus, sweet, kush. So
2: that'll be fun.
1: That'll be fun. Is this yeah, is this a stripper, stripper. going to be on the bus?
2: This is a cousin of mine. Oh. See
3: if you can get a stripper who who can drive, who has a bus that they can drive. A Ooh. stripper
2: with a bus. Yeah, who's expensive. driving
3: while taking their clothes off? That sounds dangerous.
2: That sounds like me on the way to an audition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you so commented many... oh like oh you look nice today i'm like that's because i didn't want to do that later because yeah. i oh thought about just showing up in my pajamas I was so like, many let many me just get dressed like, for the fucking full like, day yeah
1: I'm, I'm there in the car <laughs> and, and my pants are on my ankles and there's like a yep. family walking by i'm like
2: yeah. <laughs> i think about it's this the all the time and i'm like this is not like what happens if i get in a car accident like this and then i die with
3: your pants around your ankles yeah yeah
2: yeah how will anyone know right i mean some people might know. Like
1: <laughs> we would know. Uh, well,
2: of course, she was on her way to an audition. She was just having to change. But like, some people won't know. They'll be yeah. like, that's what most people weird.
3: I think won't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most people won't. The fireman won't know. Who the fireman who's prying my dead half naked body out of the car will be like, What the fuck was she doing? We gotta ring her here. <laughs> yeah. And also, the person whose fault the accident will be, because of course it won't be mine, because I'm really good at changing while I'm driving. <laughs> will immediately be able to get off the hook because I'm the one who was had my pants down. So then I'm still paying the deductible if, perchance, I'm alive. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just. Uh, so. Anyways.
3: I don't miss that. We don't. We don't treat actors well. Uh, that's no part. Well, par- why No, parking, we, no
1: changing room. I don't. I don't have a problem you're, with your that. Your fault
3: if you're if you're not 15 minutes early even if we make you wait for three hours
1: yeah uh, just just give me a little money also That's all, all the work about. is for free
3: i have a friend
2: non-union yeah on my way to a non-union audition with my fucking pants down because i, friend, I had to Christ. leave the union i have a friend who's
3: a brilliant improviser this, this is insidious stuff guys don't move out here i have a friend who's a brilliant don't improviser. move out here
2: there's too much competition fuck off
3: and he gets brought to auditions and callbacks all the time and he's always the first one And they spend a ton of time with him. And they're like, you know, make it your own. Just play with it a bit. So he improvises basically for 20 minutes. And at a certain point, the director goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. OK, thanks. Sends him out and he goes out. And in the waiting room are 20 people who look nothing like him, but all look the same. And they're like, oh, you just brought me in here to improvise to make your script better. And now that you have it, you're going to take what I just did and tell all these people who are actually up for the job what to do.
2: That's so. <laughs> it,
3: it, it, it hasn't happened once. I mean, that's happened to me where I went to a callback and the script had changed to reflect what I had improvised. Um, but at least I was up for the job from the get go. He's he's not even like up for the job. They're literally just mining him.
2: I went to a uh, audition to be on like a sketch show, and they made us like literally like improvise sketches right away. And I was kind of well, when we were told. Oh just show up And do some characters And then I show up And the room is full Of other comedians And we're all doing characters In front of each other And then Getting singled out And then being put In a separate room And being forced to like Write really fast And I'm like In my head I'm like I feel (laughs) Like Fine You wanna know We can do this But also like Fuck you! Yeah. In other <laughs> like I don't want to work.
3: We the show, and we're not funny.
2: Improvisers love to work for free, and I am no longer. Well, you,
1: you're n- there. not supposed to be improvise in auditions. That, that <laughs> they is... have to pay you to improvise, which is well, why I say. Well, and they
2: don't ask you play to. With yeah, it. You yeah. They make say it make own. it your own. They don't tell you anymore to improvise. Yeah.
1: Uh, so okay, when everything is fucked. <laughs> every everybody can watch. <laughs> Wonderful industry. We're all doing great. Just really, really flourishing. Will be the exceptions. Everybody can watch Dave Made a Maze on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Is that correct? It's on all the streaming platforms. In fact, if you have a library
3: card, you can use their Not Netflix. We're exclusive with Hulu um, for free streaming. But iTunes, Amazon, Xbox 360, uh, all the Comcast Xfinity cable. Uh-huh. Uh, uh the, PlayStation. That, whatever yeah PlayStation Are you
1: selling hand folded Blu-rays then? Yes,
3: we have, we have hand packaged Blu-rays with individually placed uh, tiny origami cranes inside. Oh, Cute. that's right. You can order them from DaveMadeAmaze.com through us. You can buy the Blu-ray and DVD on Amazon, you won't get our personalized packaged one, but you'll still get one. And when can We're coming to Oh, actually I can't say that. Oh, okay. Let's just say for our international fans, we're coming Okay. Uh, We are available in Korea, South Africa, Israel, uh, Myanmar, Spain, Eastern Europe,
1: and a few others. And then there's a bunch coming that I can't. We have a large Burmese. Dave
2: made a We have a a large Burmese (laughs) listenership, so they'll
1: be happy that it's coming to Myanmar. Uh, When can people see Anna and Violin uh, with a Violin and Repetition is Poetic?
2: Um, as soon as we're. done submitting to the festivals or we're not allowed to put it online.
1: <laughs> You're not allowed to? It's well, they a want a distri- premiere. The,
2: yeah, they want the premiere. Uh, so d- it's whatever festival I takes, see.
3: it wants to say world yeah. premiere. Putting
2: that shit online it counts as distribution.
1: Yeah. Oh, I see.
2: So like... But that's okay. We're allowed to dis- distribute. All right. We paid the actors to do it. And by we pay the actors, I mean... I wrote myself a check for $125. <laughs> Which
1: is, Did you deposit it?
2: I Venmoed Kate and Kate wrote me a check and then I deposited it. Yeah. Oh, that's Amazing. so sad. And so a,
1: Venmo is the only one who made money off that.
2: Yeah. That's so sad. That's all right. All right. Now I can write a bunch of shit off. All right.
1: That's I haven't booked
2: anything else this year. So. It's official.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. what counts. All right.
2: I'm a working actor.
1: Uh, Thank you guys for listening. You can email us at noonerpodcast at gmail.com. I forgot to tell, but talk about the Tumblr, which is noonerpodcast.com. and uh, you can always tweet at us. Our mail sack was a little a little light this week. I think we got a. There was an email I didn't get to. I'll get to it next week. What what um, happened to Darren Hosted? Darren, uh, I, he wasn't listening today, I don't think. But. Oh.
2: Tyson messaged me the Google search for male strippers in Denver. So thank you, oh, Tyson. Oh, thank
1: you, Tyson. <laughs> wow. There's this thing called Google. So
3: Well, if any of our listeners in Denver happen to be male strippers.
2: Maybe that's what I was kind of the hoping direct for. I was like, obviously, I didn't think that either of you were like stripper experts. But I'm like, if I put this out there, then. You might get some good recs. Yeah.
1: Then Tyson might actually do something. And he did.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and also just like, yeah, somebody. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Maybe senior smoke. He lives in Colorado. But he's like, this is going to be insane to, to hear. But um, my friend is actually a stripper.
1: <laughs> I am, I am a mail stripper, a mail stripper. Yeah. And I drive a bus.
2: You never know. <laughs> you right. never know.
1: You, all right. So you can always get those uh, those tips to at Cass Cardenas.
2: On <laughs> Twitter, please.
1: Yes. What's your Twitter thingy? Uh, it's Bill. It's Bill. At Bill. Watterson? No, it's tweeters. Oh. It's Bill tweeters. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's all right. All right. Uh, so Yay. guys, thank you com- for coming a joke. Yeah. one. No, <laughs> <And laughs> running gag. <laughs> we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Yeah.
2: If that fuck, to dip that fuck. To dip
0: that fuck. To dip that hit Bob, that Bob, 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 Hit that fuck! Hit that! Bob, Bob, that Bob, 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 that Bob, Hit that fuck!